Welcome to the April 27th edition of Reading Through the Bible Together. My name is Blake Farley, and this is the podcast where we read through the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. I am so excited that you are joining me on this journey, and we're going to jump in with our Old Testament reading, Judges chapter 7 through chapter 8, verse 17. This book is awesome. There are some insane stories in this book. I hope that you've enjoyed it so far. I know that I have. Chapter 7, verse 1. So Jerub Baal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid, may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Let me pause. This is a very interesting story we're about to enter. Um, you know, you wouldn't think that God would say, hey, your army's too big. But that's what he does. He says, I've, I've sent too many people, and so when you guys win, I won't get the glory. They'll think that uh, it was your strength that, that did it. So uh, he starts by saying, I want you to send those home who want to go home. And 22,000 of them were like, yeah, we're out. We don't, we don't want to be here. And we'll see here that that is not the end of the narrowing. God is going to eliminate some more as we continue reading through the story. But just wanted to update you on what was going on here because... It gets kind of crazy. Verse 4. But the Lord told Gideon, There are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths into the stream. Only 300 men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. <laughs> this is hilarious. So God says, All right, now I want you to take the guys who drink like they're dogs. Like they put it in their hands and they lap it up with their tongues. They're the, they're the weirdos. And you would think God would say, okay, send the weirdos home and you can have the rest to fight with. No. God says, of the 9,700 men who drink normal, I want you to send all of them home and keep the guys who drink as if they were dogs. I'm going to win with those guys. Because when I win with those guys, you'll see that it was only through my power that you could win. And by the way, this is still what God does today. <laughs> he, he uses guys like Blake Farley. You look at me, and the further you get to know me, you're like, man... Yeah, it has to be God. I almost failed high school speech class, and yet here I am doing a podcast, reading through the Bible. Here I am preaching sermons every week. Why? Well, because you look at me and you're like, man, yeah, yeah, there is a God, and He is a good God. And that's the same thing God will do in, in your life. He, he uses your weaknesses, and He makes them strengths, because He is the God who has power. Why? Well, because it is through his power that we are saved at all. It is through his power that we find peace at all. It is through his power that we find purpose and live fulfilled at all. This is why Jesus came. He did what we could not do. 
he defeated sin. Sin defeats us daily, my friends. Our desires and temptations often overcome us, and Jesus comes and he bears the whole weight of sin, which is death. And then he does the unthinkable. He rises again, pours out his blood as atonement for us, and then defeats sin ultimately. And then he says, if you trust in me, you can have my Holy Spirit and I will help you be able to defeat that sin. But you must know, friends, that it is him who gives faith. It is him who gives us power to defeat sin. It is not ourselves. As we trust in him, he gives us what we need to be able to overcome our desires and temptations. And we see that here in the Old Testament uh, where God is flexing his power, showing that it is truly him who gives the power, that it is better to be in a scary place with God than a safe place without God. It is better to have the total strength of God where you are weak than to have your total strength without God because he is the one who provides strength. He is the one we need on our side to be able to overcome anything in this life. And ultimately, sin and death only come through having him on our side. This is the gospel, the good news, that God has not left us, but that he is with us. Continuing on in verse 8. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up and go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like the grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent and turned it over and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Goshen, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. He said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I, those with me, blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for, and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the, the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their own swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Beth Shittah near Zerah. 
and to the border of Abel Milah near Tabith. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of Nephtali, Asher, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Beth Berah. So all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterward, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. That concludes chapter 7. Chapter 8, verse 1. Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heartedly with Gideon. But Gideon replied, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Ebezer? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. When they reached Succoth, Gideon asked the leaders of the town, Please give my warriors some food. They are very tired. I am chasing Zeba and Zelama, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth replied, Catch Zeba and Zaniapha first, and then we will feed your army. So Gideon said, After the Lord gives me victory over Zeba and Zolama, I will return and tear your flesh with thorns and bears from the wilderness. Ooh, Gideon's mad. I love that. That's kind of comical to me. I don't know if you remember those old snicker commercials uh, where it says, like, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Eat a snicker. Gideon, you're not yourself when you're hungry. It says, give me some food. They're like, nah, you got you to beat your enemies first, then we'll give you food. And Gideon's like, oh, okay, well, we'll come back after we beat him, and we'll tear your flesh to pieces. I don't know. I hope that's as funny to you as it is to me, because I just think, man, Gideon, eat a snicker bar. <laughs> Verse 8. From there, Gideon went up to Peniel and asked again for food, but he got the same answer. So he said to the people of Peniel, after I return in victory, I will tear down this tower. By this time, Zeba and Zalama were in Kekor with about 15,000 warriors. All that remained of the allied armies of the east, for 120,000 had already been killed. Gideon circled around by caravan route east of Nuba and Jagaba, taking the Midianite army by surprise. Zeba and Zalama, the two Midianite kings, fled, but Gideon chased them down and captured all their warriors. After this, Gideon returned from battle by way of Heres Pass, there he captured a young man from Succoth and demanded that he write down the names of all the 77 officials and elders in the town. Gideon then returned to Succoth and said to the leaders, Here are Zeba and Zalama. When we were here before, you taunted me, saying, Catch Zeba and Zalama first, and then we will feed your exhausted army. Then Gideon took the elders of the town and taught them a lesson, punishing them with thorns, buyers from the wilderness, and he also tore down the Tower of Peniel, and killed all the men in the town. That concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. Don't you love the book of Judges? In fact, I think the next Old Testament book I'm going to preach out of is the book of Judges, because wow, these readings are awesome. Moving on to the New Testament, Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 43. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. 
you brought this man to me, accusing him, him being Jesus, of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty, so I will have him flogged and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death, so I will have him flogged and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released, a, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breast that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, Fall on us and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it, it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the King of Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That concludes our New Testament reading. Moving on to the proverb of the day, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. Stay away from fools, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. And finally, we will conclude with our psalm of the day, which has lately been psalms of the day. And today is no exception, Psalm 97 and 98. These have been really rich psalms, uh, which is why I'm kind of disappointed that we can't pray through them verse by verse. But 
For brevity's sake, I will just read the entire psalm, pray at the end, and then read the other psalm and pray. I would encourage you to pause me as the Lord would lead you and pray, or read the Bible later today uh, in paper form or electronically and have a conversation with God because these have been and uh, from what I'm seeing so far will be continuing to be uh, really rich psalms of worship. Let's start in the 97th Psalm, verse 1. The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced. And all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and he rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly Rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Yes, Lord, we praise your holy name that you have saved us from what we deserve. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and the life that he shows us, uh, Lord. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to stand up for those who are being victims of injustices. Lord, we thank you that we are no longer orphans, but we've been adopted into your family. Lord, help us to live in light of that, live in light of the kingdom that is to come, in which we believe that you will turn all things to right, as you have begun to do in Jesus. We know that kingdom is here, awaiting to be completely fulfilled, and we thank you that we get to be a part of it even now. And we await the glorious future we have, in which we will be with you forever and ever with no sin and no sickness. Lord, we love you and we praise you. It is in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Moving on to the 98th Psalm, verse 1. A psalm, this is verse 1, sorry, the description. There's a description under the psalm sometimes. And it says Psalm 98 and the description is a psalm. Verse 1. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. 
Yes, Lord, we praise you. And I pray that today everybody listening to my voice would remember the glorious things you've done for them and the things you are doing for them now and the things in which you will do for them in the future through belief and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, and as we remember those things, the only natural response is that we shout with praise. We sing glorious new songs to you, and we can't help but allowing the remembrance of these good things, these gospel, these good news items that come through Jesus to give us an undeniable joy. And uh, Lord, the only natural response is that we spread uh, this good news to others and invite others to experience it as well. Lord, we praise you and thank you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today uh, as we read through the One Year Bible. Hope that you will let me know what stood out to you and join me back here tomorrow for reading through the Bible together.